الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والذين يقولون ربنا اصرف عنا عذاب جهنم ان عذابها كان غراما انها ساءت مستقرا ومقاما صدق الله العظيم مسجد برادرز اند الدرز مدرز اند سسترز the discussion was about dua yesterday we discussed the importance of learning and practicing upon the daily duas as we call them the duas that are recited at the time of various day to day actions eating sleeping drinking water entering the home leaving the home at the time of entering the masjid leaving the masjid before various actions after various actions throughout the day there are numerous duas that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam taught us and which we need to practice on and inshallah this will become a means of great noor for us great benefit for us that noor which we so desperately require in our lives so this is the very important aspect that we have to start practicing on inshallah and also encouraging others in our home especially the children to make sure that they are learning these simple duas one little dua at a time short duas they are so just the mere repetition or petition of the dua or making the child repeat the dua at the relevant occasion in a short time the child will be easily reciting the dua on his own on her own without any difficulty the extremely great benefit of this will be that when this is done consciously when it is done consciously that is a very important aspect even when it is done without that level of attention it is still not devoid of benefit the benefit will still be there the name of allah taala is coming on the tongue that too is not a small thing it's a very big thing compared to somebody on whose tongue some vulgarity comes this cannot be without benefit we cannot just say that it is neutral either this is very great compared to that very very great that is a terrible thing that some evil talk some ghibat some lie some vulgarity comes on somebody's tongue compared to that here on somebody's tongue the name of allah taala came that too is allah taala's tawfiq and that too is a very great bounty from allah taala so that too is to be appreciated but the difference between just doing it and doing it consciously is like the difference between the heavens and the earth doing it consciously keeping in mind what one is saying and connecting to with allah taala at that time that has its different benefit 
And that is the very, very great benefit in this, that when these du'as are recited consciously at the relevant occasions, then this will develop the taluk with Allah Ta'ala, it will develop that connection with Allah Ta'ala and will keep strengthening. And in time, this becomes the means of gaining that nisbat. Nisbat, this is a terminology that is used by the Sufi Kiram in the Hadith Sharif the word is Ihsan. The word that has been used in the Hadith Sharif is Ihsan. But this is uh, interpreted and explained with the word Nisbat because Nisbat simply means what is the essence of Ihsan. It is that connection that a person gets connected to Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. The connection in the sense to understand it very easily by way of an example that a person is talking on the phone so as long as that line is connected, he'll be able to talk to the party that he has called. And if something happens, that line cuts, then there's no communication now, because the line is cut. So when nisbat is established, when that connection with Allah Ta'ala is established, there is a constant connection with Allah Ta'ala now. That line is live. The heart is focused. Now in every amal, every action that a person does, there will be a different situation. The iman of the Sahaba Kiram radiallahu nobody in the ummah and the rest of the ummah put together cannot compare to the lowest Sahabi. What is the difference? Whereas maybe later in the ummah, there might have been some who performed more rakats of sada than perhaps some Sahaba, meaning in terms of Nawafil. There were those who later, many of them among the Tabi'een, Tabi Tabi'een, highest personalities of the Ummah, some used to spend the whole night in Ibadat and perform many, many rakats, hundreds of rakats of Nawafil. So it's possible, it's possible that some Sahabi may not have performed that quantity of Nawafil. Possible is not a something 100%, but there's a possibility the quantity, the quantity of charity, some Sahabi may not have given that quantity of charity that maybe others gave thereafter. And the reason for that is very obvious. Generally, the Sahaba were, most of them were very poor. It was very late, later on, much closer towards when Khaybar and so on got conquered, then some wealth started coming in. But before that, there was a lot of poverty. So it's possible that some Sahabi didn't give that much of sadaqah and charity as somebody later in the Ummah, among the Tabi'een, and then thereafter. But despite the, the quantity, sometimes maybe more in those that came later, we cannot come to a fraction close to the level of the Sahaba in terms of their Iman. And that is what gave them the highest rank of the Ummah. That the whole Ummah, the Sahaba hold the highest rank. And the rest of the Ummah put together can't come to the rank of one Sahabi, the lowest Sahabi. So comparatively speaking, it's the lowest Sahabi, but he's so high that the whole Ummah put together can't come and come close to his rank. Now what became the difference? The difference was this Ihsan. This level of Ihsan is what the Iman is all about. The strength of Iman is based on that Ihsan. And to the extent of this ihsan, then every amal becomes very different. 
This is why Rasulullah wasallam explained that if one of you, meaning referring to those who will come after the Sahaba, uh, or rather if one of the Sahaba, he gives one handful of dates or grain in the path of Allah Ta'ala in Sadaqah. So a Sahabi gave a handful of grain, a handful of dates, he gave it in Sadaqah. Now how what is the worth of that handful of dates, handful of grain? Barely a few rands. In our terms, barely a few rands. And if somebody after the Sahaba has to give the equivalent of Mount Uhud in gold, now this is a few rands, and Mount Uhud in gold, we can't even count it. We can't even count, it'll run into past the trillions, and Allah knows this way it'll finish off. But the person who thereafter, after the Sahaba, later on from the generations thereafter, a non-Sahabi, if he gives a whole mountain full of gold also, it can't equate to the reward of a Sahabi's giving one handful. One handful of grain, one handful of dates. How can this be? What, what is the difference? This person is giving a mountain full of gold, mountain uh, amount of gold equivalent to a mountain. And he can't equate the reward of somebody who is given one handful of grain, one handful of dates, this doesn't seem to tie up. Where does, how does this, how do you make sense of it? The making sense of it is that Allah Ta'ala, that Allah Ta'ala, that Allah Ta'ala, what reaches him is not that grain, is not that dates, is not that gold and that silver and that diamond and that rands and cents and pounds and dollars and the quantity of things, but it is that quality in it, and that sincerity in it, and that ihsan in it, that takes it to the levels. So now the sincerity and the ihsan that the Sahaba had, that is beyond what the whole ummah can come and compare with. So the Sahaba's sincerity and their ihsan is on a level that due to that quality, like we understand in day-to-day things, a person is going to buy something, this is A quality, that is B quality, that is C quality, and sometimes you get some very inferior quality, that 10 kilos of that inferior quality, it, uh, the price of it is still lesser than the 1 kilo of the very good quality. So this is the same issue in terms of Iman. The Iman of the Sahaba Kiram, now this was the nisbat with Allah Ta'ala that they had. So now the lesson in all this, that mashallah, whatever quantity of amal we try to do is excellent, very good. We should try to keep it up and increase it as well. But together with the quantity of amal, what is extremely important is to develop that quality. One is the quality in the manner in which it's performed, and the quality of that nisbat and ihsan, that connection with Allah Ta'ala in that amal, in the tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, in the zikr, in that dua, in that salah. Now when that nisbat, when it's done with that nisbat and with that ihsan, with that heart totally focused towards Allah Ta'ala, and that too has its levels, then that amal will become so much more greater and so much more uh, precious, so much more valuable in the court of Allah Ta'ala. So this is the whole issue of connecting ourselves with Allah Ta'ala. And among the very, very effective methods of that is this dua. 
and these daily du'as, reciting these daily du'as on the relevant occasions consciously. On the relevant occasions, reciting these du'as consciously, these keep connecting one to Allah Taala. And like everything, it takes its time for somebody is very quick, for somebody is a little longer. But when a person keeps up to it, and consciously reciting the relevant du'as, it keeps building up and keeps building up. And eventually one day it gets there. Obviously, together with taqwa, taking care of refraining from sin, refraining from the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. So this is the very important aspect of the daily du'as. This too is zikr. It's a zikr of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. It's du'a. And this too is part of the command of Allah Ta'ala. Uthkurullaha zikran kathira. That remember Allah Ta'ala excessively. So this is part of that excessive remembrance. So we should try, we should try to start learning these du'as, more du'as we should learn. If you already know some, we are reciting them, some simple du'as, everybody, mashallah, knows the du'as after eating, some du'as before eating, etc. But there are much more, there are such beautiful du'as after eating that Rasulullah used to recite, full of the praises of Allah wa ta'ala, and full of the shukr and gratitude to Allah wa ta'ala for His bounties, for His ni'mads. So, mashallah, we do read one, two du'as, but to read more. To read more of these du'as. And if we can understand the meaning or learn the meaning and recite it consciously with the meaning, so much more better. Alhamdulillah, hamdan, kathiran, tayyiban, mubarakan fihi, ghayra makfihin, wala muwadda'in, wala mustaghnan anhu rabbana. Now, this is one of the beautiful du'as that Rasulullah sallallahu used to recite after eating. Now, so filled with the praise of Allah Ta'ala and so much of shukr and gratitude for Allah Ta'ala, gratitude for Allah Ta'ala for the ni'mat that He has blessed, all that is encompassed in this very short but very, very concise dua. And this is just one of many, many duas. So, mashallah, there are some beautiful books that have been compiled on all these duas. We should try and acquire them, learn from these kitabs and start practicing on them. So this is the one very important aspect in terms of dua, the daily duas. Then together with the daily duas, in the life of Rasulullah wasallam, we will see dedicated time for dua, excessive dua. Dua as we understand it, where a person now turns to Allah Ta'ala and is beseeching Allah Ta'ala, begging Allah Ta'ala, one is now like the du'as that we spoke about, it is in the cause of action. person is now uh, going to be sitting down to eat, so he's, he's about to eat, so he recites something. So at that time he doesn't lift his hands up to start off. Now he's going to start reciting the du'a of eating before eating, so he raises his hands. Now the person is about to enter the toilet, so he stands there and starts raising his hands to make du'a. These are du'as, but in the form of azkar. So that is a specific category of dua. But then the other category of dua is the dua that is the direct asking from Allah Ta'ala. Now this is again something which we generally lack in. We neglect this. And this is that aspect that was discussed in one of the Hadith Sharif where Rasulullah says that dua'u huwal ibadah. Dua is itself ibadat. So this is the ibadat, meaning the peak of ibadat. It's the essence of ibadat. As in one 
Hadith is mentioned. Mukhul ibadah. It's the essence of ibadah. You get the essence of something. It's actually the whole, the cream of it is in there. But this is somehow often neglected. If you look into the life of Rasulullah wasallam, there's so much of dua of this nature and in such amazing ways, in such beautiful manners, Nabi wasallam has made dua to Allah wa ta'ala despite being the masoom Nabi of Allah ta'ala, but so much of dua. This is the something that stemmed out of his abdiyat. Because he was the greatest abd of Allah Ta'ala. To the extent that a person is the humble slave of Allah Ta'ala, he'll keep begging Allah Ta'ala. And if there is a degree of uh, distance from Allah Ta'ala, and the degree of, and, and the extent of humility is comparatively lesser in front of Allah Ta'ala, to that extent dua will be neglected. And to the extent that a person is very, very, humble in front of Allah Ta'ala, and all the time conscious of Allah Ta'ala, to that extent his dua would increase. And after all, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was the greatest abd of Allah Ta'ala. And therefore it is spelt out in the ahadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, dua upon dua. There are some collections of dua, the duas of all the, all the various duas that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made at the different times, and these have been collected into kitabs, Al-Hizbul Azam, and Munajat al-Maqbool, Dalail al-Khairat. Now these also are not exhaustive, but they are so voluminous, Al-Hizbul Azam is a very voluminous book, in the sense of the amount of du'as that are there. It will take a considerable amount of time, a good amount of time, if a person reads it from cover to cover in one sitting. The various manzils that are there, so each manzil takes a good amount of time. Now this is still not yet exhaustive that every dua of Rasulullah is already in here. It's a selection. But yet it's so much. Now this was his abdiyat. This was his humility. And the more a person begs from Allah Ta'ala, the more his humility too will increase in front of Allah Ta'ala. And the more his tawakkul and trust in Allah Ta'ala will increase also. Because now he's connecting himself to Allah alone. Rather than asking here and asking there and turning here and turning there, he's turning to Allah Ta'ala alone. He's raising his hands to the giver. He's raising his hands to the one who has all the treasures in his control. He's raising his hands to the one who is Ashafi, who is the giver of cure. And only he is the giver of cure. He's raising his hands to Ar-Razzaq, to the one who gives sustenance. And only Allah gives sustenance. He's Raising his hands to the being who has life and death in his hands. Nobody else has that. He is raising his hands to that being who is most merciful. Nobody else has even a iota of a fraction of a fraction of that. Because everybody else has got a minute fraction and Allah's mercy is limitless. So, he's raising... He is raising his hands to that connection. He is connecting himself in that connection which is never engaged. Here the person sees a better connection but sometimes the reception is down. And sometimes there is something else. The dunya connections, they don't They are all very, very feeble. But the connection with Allah wa ta'ala, a person raises his hands, opens out his heart and the connection is there. There is just directly from the heart as well, he opened his heart out and the connection is there. 
just focused his heart and the connection is there. And there is no ever a signal of being engaged or any reception down. Now, this is that dua that we are unfortunately neglecting. Whereas in the life of Rasulullah who is the Masum, was the Masum Nabi of Allah Taala, and the closest to Allah Taala, the most beloved of Allah Taala, and yet so much of dua and begging in so many ways. In the Hadith Sharif, the various incidents that are mentioned, incidents of great concern. But what was Rasulullah Sallallahu's uh, manner in that situation? Dua on the occasion of Badr, before the battle of Badr, Rasulullah Sallallahu spends that time in the night in Dua, and in such a manner and to such an extent that eventually. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq who could not hold himself back. He comes and he, he says to Rasulullah that you have now begged Allah Ta'ala so much that Allah Ta'ala has heard your dua because he was, he could not take it anymore that how much Nabi Sallallahu is exerting himself. That exertion now became little difficult for Abu Bakr now to bear. That so much of exertion in this dua. How much do we exert ourselves in dua? When Rasulullah was afflicted with sihr, with jadu, with black magic, and this continued for a good amount of time, and it affected him in a significant manner in day-to-day mundane things, it could not have any effect in terms of his deen, in terms of his mission, because he was divinely protected from Allah Ta'ala and all this. But being human... These situations that other humans could be affected with, he also got affected. But what was his response to this? Dua upon dua. That is the wording of the Hadith Sharif. Da'a fada'a. That as we, when somebody does something really much, says he did it over and over and over and over again. So this is the same expression here, dua upon dua, meaning so much of dua, so much of dua. Now, Allah Ta'ala grant afiyat to one and all, Allah Ta'ala remove every difficulty, every calamity of every person. Many people, somehow, some things, Allah Ta'ala give hidayat to one and all, but people get caught up in all these kind of things, and others get affected. So, many people suffer from these kind of things, sihr, and jinnat, and these kind of Issues, Allah Ta'ala grant afiyat to one and all. Allah Ta'ala remove all these difficulties entirely. So while there is some permissible level of treatment for these things, whatever is within the permissible limits, by all means, one may adopt that treatment. But together with that treatment for these things, how much of dua is also made? Many a times when people have these issues and when discussing with them, they confess thereafter that I hardly make dua about hardly make dua but person is going helter-skelter for this amil and that taweez and so as mentioned that whatever is within the permissible limits no problem with that that is in order but the primary thing is dua so this is unfortunately neglected and not given that amount of attention, not given that amount of importance in our lives, whereas it's very, very important, extremely important. 
So, one of the simple ways to go about this is to fix a time in the day. The best and most uh, beautiful time and most effective time for the dua is the time of tahajjud. And if a person did not manage to wake up at that time, cannot manage sometimes, it's the summer months, etc., whatever, then some other time of the day, between the azan and the iqamat, this is among the times when du'as are accepted. After the fard salah, this is the time that du'as are accepted. Before maghrib time, just before sunset, it's the time of du'a. Du'as are accepted at that time. And then there are various other occasions when du'as are accepted and after any amal, any righteous action, the person has made tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, the person has made some zikr, etc. So after those amal, with the barakat of that amal, the du'a is more effective. So these are opportunities to dedicate some time for du'a. After the salah, generally, there are some du'as we recite in a very, very routine fashion, without even any attention sometimes, without paying any attention to the meaning, even if we know the meaning, and in a very just routine way, get it done with and done, gone. Whereas some time should be dedicated for du'a. After a certain salah, after fajr for example, I'll make du'a for my family, I'll make du'a for my relatives, I'll make du'a for the ummah at large. After a certain salah, make du'a for my rizq, make du'a for the risk of others. I'll make du'a for the, make du'a for the difficult, difficulties to be uplifted, for the shifa from all illnesses, and for my children, whatever, various things for the iman and the amal of the ummah. So many, there's numerous things. So now dedicate some time, some few minutes here, a few minutes there. And beg Allah Ta'ala. Beg, keeping in mind the adab, the etiquettes, this will in, enhance the value of the dua. And when a person makes this his part of his life, dua, this becomes the, among the greatest consolements for the heart. Because now he's talking to Allah Ta'ala. He's, when a person sometimes feeling down, feeling little low, etc., then somebody comes and talks to him, and then he feels a little bit cheered up, and he starts feeling a little better, now, because somebody came and spoke to him, now I'm feeling a little pepped up. So when some human being who is just as weak as him, and just as in need as he is in need, when that human being comes and just talks a few words, he gets cheered, he feels better. When he's going to talk to Allah Ta'ala, talk to Arhamur Rahimin, won't he feel consoled? Won't his heart become lighter? This is the benefit of the dua, provided his dua. It's not just something that's being just just rattled off haphazardly. No dua. So a person is connecting with Allah Ta'ala and is talking to Allah Ta'ala and he's presenting his difficulties also in front of Allah Ta'ala. These are my problems. These are my difficulties. Allah, you remove it. He starts feeling consoled. He feels his light, his heart lighter. We have all this right, as we say at our fingertips. It's right with us. We just have to take it and adopt it and start practicing upon it. And Alhamdulillah, all this has been granted to us out of the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala. Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's du'as have been compiled as well. 
the compilations as mentioned al Hizbul Azam there's a much more concise compilation relatively shorter munajat maqbool so we read one manzil from there if we can't read one whole manzil in the day you read half manzil you read half manzil instead of one manzil it's divided into seven portions so one day one manzil one portion so over the week you cover up the whole kitab somebody feels that too much also read one portion uh, we read it over 14 days so one manzil over two days and put a marker there Somebody finds that too much also, read it over 21 days. It won't take more than 3-4 minutes, that one portion. But in this manner we will cover up all the, oh, a very great selection of the du'as of the Qur'an Sharif and the du'as of Ahadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Apart from this, then we ask in our own words. We ask in our own words, but in this inshallah, and slowly we try to see what meanings we can learn also. So we are doing it a little consciously. But even just the repeating of those words, will be of tremendous benefit, but then together with that we beg in our own words, in a manner that we understand, from the depth of our heart, for all our needs of dunya and akhirat, and in this way we will connect with Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give us the tawfiq, and make dua part and parcel of our lives for us, Allah Ta'ala grant each one of us the tawfiq of this, wa akhiru da'wana, and alhamdulillahi rabbil
يا أرحم الراحمين يا أكرم الأكرمين يا راحم المساكين اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى واجعل آخرتنا خير من الأولى اللهم طهر قلوبنا من النفاق وأعمالنا من الرياء وألسنتنا من الكذب وأعيننا من الخيانة فإنك تعلم خائنة الأعين وما تصفي الصدور اللهم إنا نسألك قلبا خاشعا قلبا خاشعا ولسانا ذاكرا وعلما نافعا وعملا صالحا مقبولا ورزقا حلالا طيبا مباركا وشفاء من كل داء وتجارة لن تبور اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب ربنا إنك جامع الناس اليوم لا ريب فيه إن الله لا يخلف الميعاد اللهم اغفر لأمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم ارحم أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم فرج الكرب عن أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شد ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله سابد معين والحمد لله رب